When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. LFC Day Trippers, brought to you by bookmakers.com. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers, brought to you by bookmakers.com. It is another full-time Reds. It is finished at the King Power Stadium, Leicester nil, Liverpool three. I'm your host, Matt, joined tonight by the regulars, Chris and Kev. Gentlemen, how'd we like that game? Go, oh, Kev, Chris. Let you go first. Oh, <laughs> I've done this for a couple of weeks. So yeah, it's grand. It's, it's easy this winning away, Mark, isn't it? We should just do this more often. It's yeah. well more fun when you do this. It's much better than getting beat 3 0 away at Wolves, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, I would say that. Bit. Oh, man. But that is that... a professional win, that, isn't it? Because. That's because that seems to be the template now of what we do, isn't it? It's, it's kill the first thirty minutes, nothing happens, and then you hit them on, and you hit them when they're at, at the weakest. Because we've done it now for the last three or four away games. So this seems to be the tactic. And listen, I'm all for it because it's working. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And I mean, Kev, we're uh, we're a long way from the full time Reds after losses to Bournemouth and Leeds and Forest. I mean, seven in a row now that we've won. We're ending the season doing all that we can possibly do to get where we need to go. But, I mean, this was better than the last couple of games, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, this was very comfortable start to finish. It's no Brentford at home. <laughs> no, Brentford was – we had to work at it. You know, defensively, we were rock solid. We are rock solid again today. Um, that was as good a performance as you're likely to see away from home. In any era of Jurgen Klopp's reign, that was a pretty much near-perfect away performance. We were from one to eleven. We we're outstanding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Emmett saying uh, Wolves. It, he Emmett did the Wolves game, and it was traumatic to be sure. But tonight I'll, I'll, was. I'll be honest, Kev. United away. I felt like was the worst one because that was pretty. It was a bad performance, but I'll be honest, it wasn't a happy, happy show for you. Me today, we got no. we got torrents of abuse on that one. It, it hurt. It hurts more when it's them, but you got to look at it. It, given the season that's in it and the consistency that's been lacking from an awful lot of sides, winning seven on the bounce when you have to win them, you know, and that's the situation that we're in. We have to win nine on the bounce. That think, takes some doing. And I think Andrew Beasley said uh, in Europe's top five leagues, only four teams have had a longer run than this in the league. City are on eleven, which I think is their current run. I think Napoli have eleven. I think. I think Bayern have got nine. Not you know that's that's the longest run they've all had. So seven is the next one, which is us and Arsenal. Yeah. So you know this is actually on you, not on par with the rest of Europe either. So you know we've got to take it while it's there. But it goes to show that the quality is there within the squad. Give if it's got the time to work and it builds on the confidence that we have done t- since the Arsenal game, since the Granite Jacket moment. We've taken that ball and we've ran with it because we've built on the confidence of that performance, knowing that it was it deserved more than the draw that we got. And we've rolled with it and we've taken that form into the next game and the next game. And it's like um it's like a light switch moment, you know. It confidence c- can disappear really quickly, but once you get it back, once you get that feeling back that you saw in some of the passing tonight, especially from Trent. The way to pass, the the vision to see it, the patience to wait for the run, not trying to force it when it's not there. Um, those little little things, little decisions that are that all of these guys are now taking as red that they're rolling with it is it, brilliant. It's it's a joy to watch, and it just go like I said, it goes to show the quality is there within the squad. It needs help. We've we've mm-hmm. all said it for ever and a day. It'll get the help in the summer. But the, it bodes well for going into next season. As long as we can finish this season on a high, finish with the nine what nine wins in a row, and bounce into next season, 
we'll, t- we'll end up where we end up. That's out of our hands. We can't do anything about that. But if we get the 71 points and we just take it into next season, take it for what it is. This is the beginning of pre-season, you know, and enjoy it while it's going on because the serious stuff will be coming, coming in August. Yeah, because what we need to do is just take the performance the next season, whether we're fifth or we're fourth or whatever. And I think me and Kev talked about this offline. We've said, if it is Europa League football, then use Europa League like we did in 2001 and in Klopp's first season. This is the ideal time where you can say to the likes of, if he stays, Kelleher, but the likes of Ramsey, Carvalho, Elias, Jones to a certain extent, say to all of them, right, you're guaranteed those games. That is your That is your chance to break into the first team and get your position back. I mean, we look at Henderson, he's nearly got sold by Rodgers and what saved his Liverpool career career was he played really well in Europa League and forced his way back into the side, which then means for us, when we're dropping guys in like Matip is not playing or Simicast is not playing, they're not cold. So you can work it to your advantage in Europa League, but it's just, we all know it's not the one we want, but that's the only way you can you can spin it really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. If that's the hand. If that's the hand is dealt you, you just that's that's it. how you use it. That's how you yeah. use it. Yeah. So Brian O'Halloran with a comment here. He says Jones is showing me up. I thought the last couple of years he missed with injury would have affected his development. Doesn't look like it. As long as he can stay fit, he'll be a real asset for us. So we'll take that back to the lineup. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty easy one to guess. This one. I mean, Klopp seems like he's got his eleven that he's going to roll with to the end of the season. Allison and goal. Trent Ebu VVD Robertson at the back. Midfield three, again, Henderson, Fabinho, Jones, nine straight starts for Curtis Jones, which is going to Brian O'Halloran's comment, and the front three of Mo, Gakbo, and Diaz. I mean, Chris, that's pretty expected, right? It is, though. I mean, I think the last time we had one of these horrendous seasons where we actually finished third, the last 10 games, we pretty much had the same 12, 12 13 players. So it literally now is. It's, the front, it's always Gakpo, always Salah. And then it's whoever fights it out for the left. It could be Joss, it could be Diaz, it could be Nunes. And I think as long as the, that midfield three are fit, that's the midfield that starts now because they're the ones in form at the moment. Elliot's has had his dip, but he's played a lot, a lot of football. Arthur, he's just having an ugly time at Liverpool, and Thiago's getting a bionic hip. So you know it makes sense. And it says the back line, unless someone picks up a knock, like or has a horrendous game like Robson did. Just go with consistency, which also is we've not had that all season. That's been also the big, big ball lake. Is every week me and Kev would look at the lineup, we give two different lineups, and the, the one will come out and go, oh, I didn't even know he was injured. You know, it's been like that all season, really. But as for Jones, Kev said it, I've said it is Curtis Jones is a good footballer. The issue with Curtis Jones and the frustration I always had with Curtis Jones was he was never fit or would always pick up a weird injury at the time he needed him. Now he's got a run of nine. Is it nine games in a row now? Nine starts in a row. Yeah. Nine starts in a row. The goal is the two goals he scores today. The, the goal he scored against um, Spurs. He doesn't do that five games ago because he's not confident enough. He's got the confidence now. He's he's picking passes out. He's being very Jimmy Wijnaldum in the way he's playing on the left hand side. It's neat. It's tidy. I just think he likes to push forward a bit more and he likes to try a few more exciting passes. I'm all for it. You know. If that's the level Jones can stay at, I've not I've no problem when he starts or if he's coming off the bench because he's making an impact. That's all you can ask of a lad who's twenty two is make your impact. You know, we'll, we'll go through his goals in a minute, but take the goals out. I thought his all round performance was really good. Yeah, and I think it has been for pretty much every one of these games that he started, and that's like it's a very good example of a player being given the opportunity and playing well enough that the coach can't drop him. Like Klopp. There's, there's nothing Curtis Jones has done in any of the performances since he's been given this run of starts that warrants him being dropped to the bench. I mean, it helps that Thiago wasn't there to slot back in because he's the natural left-sided eight in our midfield. But Curtis Jones has been playing fantastic again and again. So I really like seeing all the people in the chat that are having to kind of walk back some of the comments they were making earlier in the year. Uh, and then Brian O'Halloran again, he says, plus Gapo, Gakpo has adapted superbly to the false nine role. He often makes it a five in the midfield. We're so much more compact. And I mean, Kev, what a difference that has where early in the season just being overran in the midfield. Now we've got Trent sliding into the midfield, Gakpo dropping deep, and all of a sudden we got five in midfield, and we're starting to boss games. Yeah, that's why I look at the, the Trent move into midfield and having that extra body. It, 
there's there's times watching it it frustrates the life out of you because the amount of times that Ibu was able was getting on the ball and he'd look to his right and there was absolutely no option for it. He had no choice but to come back inside. But the flip side of that is you can really press. And if sides are going to do what Leicester did tonight and try to play out from the back or give it back to a keeper who can't kick the ball, oh, fuck. it 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 plays <laughs> right into exactly what kick, you want to do. He can kick it out brilliantly. Yeah. He kicked he, he it did. out of bounds without any pressure on him three times in the first ten yeah. minutes. I wrote down. And and when you when you're an, when you're a mid a Liverpool midfielder or forward seeing that, that's just like manna from heaven because you know that all you have to do is make a movement towards him and he's going to go long. And if he goes long, you've got Ibu at six foot four, Van Dijk at six foot four, and they're just going to mop everything up. And then you start your attacks again. So when you were talking about Genie being that or Curtis Jones being that genie-type player. The difference in what Wijnaldum always had over everyone else was his stickability. Mm. Curtis is a... We've said it for ages. I've always said that Curtis is never going to be sold. He's not going to be sold. They've stuck by it through thick and thin because they could see that there's a player there. They would have sent him out on loan to boost his transfer value last year or the year before if they had plans to sell him. They never had plans to sell him. He's going to be at the squad for the foreseeable. And at the end of the day, if you're looking at the money that was being talked about for Harvey Barnes going back a year, two years ago, and Harvey Barnes is now 25, you're looking at Curtis Jones and the performances that you're seeing now is we what we know he's capable of giving you once he can stay healthy. If you're a Newcastle or an Aston Villa and you're coming knocking on the door asking about the availability of Curtis Jones. Unless you're coming back and your offer doesn't start with a six, then just go away because he's too valuable to us for what he offers both numbers-wise, quality-wise, going forward for the next five years. You know, at the end of the day, he's homegrown, he's club-grown, costs us nothing, owes us nothing. He's six foot one, he loves the ball, and he loves to carry the ball. The ceiling for Curtis Jones is so high, but it's all down to his availability. If he can stay fit and he can stay available, he's a manager's dream. Absolutely love the balls. Because it, because he's available the last nine games, he isn't doing the thing that we all criticise him for, which is chewing the ball too much. Yeah. He's giving and going. Because again, I think that's a rhythm thing. Is He's very comfortable and... He has got the genie skill of, uh, I call it the genie arse, where he just stick his arse out and he'll get the ball for him. It's a great, it's a great skill. You yeah. know, Ke- Kenny was the king of this, but that's the skill that you need, which is you just can't get the ball off me unless you foul me. You know, and that's kind of what you want. And look, there are some people in the chat who were saying, like, you know, I was wrong. There's nothing better, I think, than when you think of, you don't rate a player and they prove you wrong. It's the best thing in the world when you yeah. think someone's not good enough and you have egg in your yeah. face. You know, me and Kev have had this, you know, mine was massive. I never saw the matter pipe until the Champions League run. And guess what? A bit like Jones, when he had a run of games and he was fit, you were like, ah, um, yeah. Now I see, yeah. you know, got that wrong. You know, nothing yeah. better. I love nothing better than, yeah. you know, I'm not sure of him. And then and you say, six, six months later, going, oh, do you know what? He's really good. I've got that wrong. It, it's not about, it's not about the, and I told you so. It definitely 100% isn't. It's, no. you have, you have to look at the bigger picture in what the coaches, see in a player they're not stupid people and they've shown in the past that they're quite willing to let young players go if they don't see a future for them and when you look at the ones that they've let go the brewsters of this world the ryan kent's the harry wilson uh, harry wilson's nico yeah williams. nico williams and you see flashes of decent players in them but nothing consistent so the ones that they decide to keep and invest their time into, it's worth looking at bigger picture when it comes to those players and not instances in games or five minutes in a dodgy performance. Because anyone who's playing in this midfield, if they don't try stuff and make mistakes, they won't learn. And I'd rather people, players that were in there that tried stuff that didn't work, but then got the ball and tried it again and make it work. And Jones seems to be that type of player. It's, there's a confidence and an arrogance about him that I like. And yeah. I hope that I hope to hear the, the fans singing the scouts are in the team for him, as well as for Trent. You know, he, he, 
the future is whatever he wants to make it for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's that's the joy. I mean, I had that comment up there from Laszlo. Like, I wasn't trying to say, like, mm-hmm. haha, you guys were wrong. Like, it shows growth from both the player and from us as fans. Like, it's everybody's well within their right to be like, I don't think Jones is going to make it. And honestly, I was getting there like six, seven games ago of just being like, he just might not be good enough. And mm-hmm. I'm happy to hold my hand up. So I love seeing the rest of us in here in the chat. Like, it, it shows a level of maturity to be able to hold yeah. your hand up and go like, yeah. hey, listen, I, w- I was wrong about Curtis Jones. And that's great when it happens that way. Not so much when it goes the other way where you think a guy's going to be boss and it's yeah, yeah. He's, he's absolutely dog shit. Well, that uh, happens as well. That happens yeah, yeah. as well. Of, of course it does. It's just not nearly as fun yeah. as when a player comes no. good. I think, the, <laughs> I, think, I think the frustration is more of my end. It's more, if you don't rate a play, you don't rate a play. That's fine. Or you don't think a player's good enough. Everyone's up inside the way. I think with Jones, it was the vitriol of like, there was definitely an element of our fan base, I'm not saying people in the chat, who, had, who also had the glee that he was, I told you he was shit, I knew he was shit. He's only on the side because he's scouts, which I always think is utter, utter nonsense anyway, because I actually think if you're a scouser, I think if you're a scouser, I think it's harder, unless you, unless you break through as a scouser and you're Stephen Gerald or Trent Alexander-Arnold levels, which are very rare, I think a scouser you often assumed he's shit and you're overly criticised. And I think that's both sides of the pond. Because uh, yeah. if you go to go to Goodison, you know, look at what look you know, look how much they disliked John Stones and you know, and some of the other youngsters that broke through. You know, it, it's it's actually I think it's hard to break through as a local lad, unless you're Stephen Gerrard or Trent Alexander, where you're, you're or Wayne just Rooney. naturally elite, or Wayne Wayne Rooney. You know, yeah. if you're one of them, you're all right. If you're not their level, though, you're fucked a little bit to be honest. Because yeah. I mean, it's a hell of, it's a, crap. It's a hell of a yardstick to be measured up against. You know, yeah. you have a couple of absolute club legends. Chuck in Stephen Maneman and chuck in Robbie Fowler into the mix as well. Yeah. And you're sat there and you're like, you're breaking into the team. You've been at the club since you were six, seven years old. I watched a video the other day. We'll get back to the game in one sec. I watched a video the other day on Trent Alexander-Arnold's channel. The, oh, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, yeah, the sit-down with Stephen Gerrard and three, two other two other. Three other people. One of them is an ex-player, and if you said his name, I'd be like, "Yeah, that's him." And two other guys who never. Stephen Gerrard. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, he was at Chelsea for he was at Chelsea for a while. But anyway, look, it's well. Anyone in the chat, if you haven't seen it, go on. If you type into the search bar after the show, Trent Alexander Arnold, and look for his channel. It's one of the only videos on his channel, and it's a sit down about what it's like being a youth player. And what they have to go through, and the amount of youth players at a club like Liverpool who actually make it into the first team, the numbers are stacked so high against any of these kids making it. Doesn't say they're not going to go on and have careers elsewhere. Some of them will. Most won't. Most kids who've played for Liverpool under 18s in the last year got to the Europa League quarterfinals, I think, in the in that competition. The vast majority of them will never play for Liverpool senior team. Any ones who do might get the odd League Cup game, and you might get one who might break into the squad. Steve at Sidwell. Best. Steve Sidwell. Steve Sidwell, that was it. And when you look at that, and you look at what you Curtis Jones has had to go through, Trent Alexander-Arnold has had to go through to break into the side, the fact that we've got two in our squad at the minute, it bodes well going forward that there's a, a pathway that the management are willing to take to bat to gamble on because as we're seeing with the numbers being banded about for players that we're looking to buy these players that come through can save your club hundreds of millions of pounds hundreds of millions of pounds over the lifetime of a contract that they're at the club so it's well worth finding that that video to watch it but at the same time you have uh, as long as these players are good enough they'll get in but when they do get in they're gonna need people to be with them not on their back giving them stick for need, and I see a lot of it is needless. I definitely don't mean the people who are in this chat, but I've seen a lot of other chats and I've seen a lot of them shite that's talked online. That's just Matt in a WhatsApp group. What's said online stays online, all right? So, uh. <laughs> Let's let's get into the goals. But before we do that, I uh, just let you guys know the show, as usual, is brought to you by bookmakers.com. Head on over to their website and check out the best odds. If you're going to have a gamble anyways, just stop by bookmakers.com first. You can get promo codes and stuff like that. You may as well save yourself a little bit of money if you're going to be risking your money anyways. 
They've got lots of good information on there in terms of stats and comparisons for the final two weeks of the FPL season. Really could have done without Ibu Kanate picking up that useless yellow card and Mo Salah missing an absolute sitter, which we will get on to later. But uh, check out bookmakers.com. They've been good enough to support us this season. Helps us bring you guys these shows all for free. First 10, 15 minutes of the game, it was feeling awfully Brentfordy to me, Chris. It felt like every time that they got close to, like one of our players got close to one of them, they went down and Possum was blown for everything. And it was slow. We were turgid in possession. Mm. I mean, before the goal, was there anything that really stood out to you at all? Um, I was texting Kev, as I often do. Uh, I was surprisingly, well, usually when Kev gets messed up, I was quite calm. But I said, I, I messed Kev said, this feels very West Ham away, this. Or as Andrew Beasley put that leads away. We saw when nothing's happened. Yeah. They had one half chance, which was routine for us. We saw, well, fuck, what's happened really? We haven't really got the passing going. I think the last couple of weeks have been like that. We think nothing happens for half an hour. They sort of go, it's a bit of a nothing game, this. Because I thought from probably about 15 to 30, I thought we pressed well and actually forced the ball off them really well. But the final ball was dreadful. Every time I thought the final ball was dreadful. But I just thought Fabinho was able to like almost like get into a number 10 position to press to press someone in. And Very much put so, in yeah. But he had Jones and Henderson who'd cover behind them. So if he did, if he did get past them, they were still there covering Um my only concern, probably the first half an hour, was, and look, it's not his fault. He's coming back from a, a big injury. Is I thought Diaz looked like someone who's coming back from a big injury. He looked extremely rusty. He looked quite easy to knock off the ball, you know. But look, he's coming back from a big injury. That was probably my only concern. Thinking Diaz just looked a little bit off it. But look, he's the only way he's going to get this back now is if he, if he plays games. Uh, and then the goal came, but I never really felt we were going to concede in the first half. Hour, whereas probably. Seven eight weeks ago, you felt every attack away from home. You think, fucking hell, one nil down here. It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, even even if they're not threatening, we would have done something stupid because we had that <laughs> run of games where we just seemed to give the other team a goal in the opening five or ten minutes, and yeah, we've completely completely cut that out. I agree with what you said about Diaz. About twenty eight minutes in, Robertson releases him down the left. He has a good run, takes on who was playing right back Pereira. I think Pereira, it was. Yeah. Tries to catch out Everson at the near post. It's not even close. Like, it, it, good point, Chris. Like, his touch I, can't, I, can't, I can't repeat what I put to Kev. It was a, it was a, I think I said, I think I sort of said, if I was him, I'd have, I'd have gone for the far post or maybe passed it. I can't repeat the full phrase, but it was along those lines, wasn't it, Kev? Yeah. Ball it was, do you know what? Well. It, it was the only time in the, in the game that I, I thought, I wish Darwin was playing over Gakpo. Just for that more, that one. Because he would have and or Jota, they would have broke their neck to be to be there coming through the middle. It was Jota or sorry, Gakpo just wasn't in the frame. The only ball that was on was a chip over the top, and that was already being cut out. So having a shot at the near post, if that goes in, you're like, wow, genius. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think it was ever really on. But yeah, we were composed without being overly threatening. We it was almost a case of look for 10 minutes, we'll see what you got, we'll see how you're lining up. We can they obviously changed, made made three key changes bringing back Pereira, bring back Johnny Evans, first game in Yonks. But his experience is is unreal, you know, having that kind of and we've come on stuff that before, haven't we? Kev, yeah, the center back who's not played for six months comes back and he's you know. The best the best play you've ever seen is so annoying. Exactly. And uh, Wilfred and Didi coming into the middle of the park with Samaria thinking, okay, they're gonna sit in deeper, they're gonna park the bus a bit and try to hit us on the break. So I thought we we spent that first 10, 15 minutes sussing them out, see what they where they were trying to play. They were rigid in their four, two, three, one with Telemans in the 10. They were almost we'll press with four, but it wasn't well, they weren't really pressing us while we had the ball around the back. It was like it was almost like a gesture. The way mm. they were playing against this is like we're not going to come out of our shape too much because the draw would have suited them. They could have taken a point and to, taken the confidence from that and tried to get something in the next game that would have, I think, put them level if they'd have got a point in this game and a point in the next game with Everton maybe. So it was um, we needed the we needed the opening goal. It's the only thing mm. I'd say about playing again. I've said it to Chris so many times. Playing against sides who are in the relegation zone or in the bottom six, if they score first, if you give them hope, mm. any way, shape, or form, 
it's the worst thing in the world you can do. If you go one, if if they go one up and you give them something to hold on to, it's it's a nightmare situation. So it was a, it was vital for us to get the first goal, and I felt it was coming. It was just we were doing everything right, bar the final pass, bar the final bit, the final decision. But some of the, the runs that were being made off the ball, some of the interplay you could see between the front five, Fabinho and Jones as well, was, was brilliant. It was just a case of who was going to make the mistake to leave the space. Yeah. And then did it, Kev. Who made the mistake, Kev? Who was it both face for the Oakface. second game in a row against Liverpool? I mean, the ball's back at Allison's feet. He at, least absolutely... he at least he didn't score this time. He might as well have because, I mean... I, I never played soccer over here as a kid, but I'm pretty sure one of the big cardinal rules is don't let it bounce. So Allison lumps the ball upfield. Walt Faze lets the ball bounce. Lewis Diaz goes in in front of him. He heads it off over to, uh, was it to Henderson or just straight to Mo? I think he passed it to Henderson. Trent. I think it was a Trent, didn't it? Trent, Trent plays a delightful ball into Mo, and then Mo finds Jones, as Emmett yeah. says. Carbon copy, pretty much of his goal against um, Spurs, goal. Spurs. I mean, I'll be all right if that becomes Jones's finish. Just comes in late back post and just just drives it in because he's in the right place at the right time. Plus, you can tell because he used to play left wing uh, for the uh, for the under twenty three. So you know, being the attacking option is not new to him. But a game for Jones, that's now two big games he scored the opener in. And I always yeah. think with players when they score goals. We have some, we have some places you can say a bit of stat pattern. You know, it's great scoring the, the fifth and a five nil. But if you start getting a reputation of being the one who gets the opener, you know, Sadio Mane was the best for that. He would yeah. always, you know, in the running when we won the title. I think they said in the lap, in you know, Mane got like ten of the openers. You know, in quite a lot of those games. You know, that's kind of what you want. They're like the big important goals. Most fairly good at that. So it's a good string to have to your bow. It's a nice, really nice finish, and it just upsets Leicester fans, which, to be honest. I quite liked those. Yeah, and I mean, uh, somebody here was saying that they were in the middle of singing songs about Steve Gerrard because apparently they don't have their own song books. So just as they're in the middle of singing that, we go and we score. I mean, there's a VAR check looking for offside, everything like that. I mean, I love the fact that Mo seems to have taken a page out of Henderson's book because that was a left-footed, loopy back post Henderson cross, if there ever was, Kev. Yeah. Like, that's that's the cross that makes Liverpool fans steam with anger when Henderson <laughs> does it. But when it works... It is. It is one of those crosses, right? But it's one of those crosses. If you watched uh, Mo Salah at Roma, you if it's worth having a look on YouTube and just watch Mo Salah's season at Roma when he's playing with Edin Dzeko. And the amount of crosses he was putting into the box for him was ridiculous. I think he had some like 17 or 18 assists in his last season at Roma. And bear in mind, the Italian league is different. They're more rigid. They tend to sit in more. They're more conservative in how they play. And his accuracy from crossing in positions like that is generally really, really good. And Curtis timed the run perfectly. The space was vacated by Diaz, and Curtis filled the space. And it was, again, first-touch finish. It was a really composed finish. Keeper had absolutely no chance. And the thing with the what they were checking for offside was like, how far back did they want to go? <laughs> you know, it was like, Paulson was going to give us nothing. We were never getting a 50-50 out of Paulson all game, and we didn't. Well, we but might have gotten we might have gotten one that we'll come we to one. later on. Yeah, we got we got one. But he went so far back, I thought, oh please God, no, don't after all of that, don't be offside there. But as it was, they timed the run perfectly. The ball was brilliant, the cross was fantastic, and the finish was superb. Absolutely yeah. delighted. And it was thoroughly deserved as well. You know, yeah. it, it was it wasn't the case it was against a runner player or anything remotely close. We were really good, and we deserved that lead. But it was vital we got the lead as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just checked Salah had 15 goals and 11 assists in 31 games for Roma the year before we bought him. So 11 assists. That's 11. Sorry, I thought it was more, a lot more than that. Uh, 15 goals and 11 assists. That's pretty good return from a well, winger. Yeah. It's more than Saka, Grealish, and Rashford, who are all having excellent, amazing seasons, and most having a shitter, apparently. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. perception, perception of facts are, are often yeah. very different. So, uh, the second goal comes pretty much instantaneously afterwards. Like, Three. I had the first goal down at 33 minutes, the second down at 35, and there was a VAR check in between there, plus all the celebrations and everything like that. <laughs> I mean, Gakpo 
plays it off to Mo. First time ball around the corner. And for the life of me, like, Chris, I don't know about you. I thought he was miles offside. Uh, I did at first. Uh, but you know, it must it must be close when even fucking Gary Neville's going. You can tell that you can hear the stain. And I going, oh, I think he's on. You can see it. You can see Evans's boot. And as soon as he said that, you went, oh, you can, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> but what a finish, by yeah. the way. Yeah, that finish. The, the confidence. You can just tell that the confidence is surging through Curtis Jones right now. The turn yeah. of the torch and the, the hits, great. You know, that is a that is probably that's the sort of thing that probably people expect more from Jones after he scored that goal against Everton in the FA Cup two or three years ago. That's probably more of the type of finish that people expect from Jones, which is a bit more of the spectacular than this happens. But listen, great, great finish. Look, and he, he definitely he made sure he enjoyed it, but Again, it's good because it's good for the squad because then it's not always relying on the front three lads. It's one of the more unexpected lads scoring, but it's a hell of a finish, though. Yeah, and yeah. Michael Murphy with high praise here saying Jones the second was prime Dennis Bergkamp. So, I mean, hey, if he gets anywhere close to being in that <laughs> he did, whole yeah. park. Yeah, if he, if he does it on the regular, then it's prime Bergkamp because Bergkamp yeah. was brilliant at doing stuff like that. To be fair, Thierry Henry scored a few that sort of way where he'd take it on the thigh and swivel and volley it. You know, that was... It, yeah. It's a tech. If you can do it, if you can do that consistently, it's a hell of a technique. And keeper's got no time to set himself at all. I mean, to us, as good as the goal was, I mean, the keep their keeper shite today. It's mean, all yeah. about it's it's all about spatial awareness. The goals don't move. So as long as you know where you are in the box and you take it that early, the keeper has absolutely no chance. I don't care. I wouldn't give a shit who was in goal because if you take it and hit it that early, very few keepers react. Isn't it nice though to hear a commentator who's fucking excited about a goal as well? You obviously <laughs> Do you know what I mean? didn't have Martin Tyler where you were watching that. No, no, we no, had. Um, I can't think of the guy's name. He does. Do you know what? He tends. He tends to hear him a lot in the championship and like championship it, playoffs. Yeah, uh, he, he does a, a lot of Monday night football. Monday, he's, a, he's a good commentator, but you know, yeah. he just sounds excited when a goal goes. Anything? What you want to hear? Yeah. Do you know? What I mean? No, he was good. He was good. Alan yeah, Smith I, was I, a I'm darn not, miserable. I'm not sure where my Peter Jury is gone. We just have Peter Jury every game, and now I'm getting Martin Tyler pretty much every weekend for at least one game and it's that's why, glad, that's why that's why i'm glad i'm going to the league so i won't have to listen to it so well in fairness did you hear uh did you see the video going around from talk sport today this morning no. martin no. keown martin keown went in on martin tyler and oh, his he? bias in, on, he's anti-arsenal bias on sky's commentary and yes. in fairness i think you could take that feeling and put it into seven or eight clubs because there are definitely clubs that Tyler just does not like. And you could just... you could hear it in his commentary yesterday about Arsenal. You could definitely hear it in his commentary about us. And there's two or three others that off the top of my head I could think of. But he's should have retired a decade ago. And the other side of it, yeah, and the other side of it, take Carragher and Neville off commentary, put them in a studio with a telepad, and tell them to analyze football because they're brilliant at it. When you when you tell them to analyze what's in front of them and analyze the games and inform fans, they're brilliant at doing that. The two busy being now. Um, they're, they're trying, yeah, they're, they're trying to be. They're trying to be like one of the YouTubers. It's all about personality yeah. and banter, wind up bollocks. I'll, I'll be honest. Exactly. Sky Sky isn't cheap. We don't pay 30, 40 yeah. quid a, a month to listen to you lot banter. We we'll pay for you to 50. analyze it. Fifty a month. Fifty. Uh, Fifty euro a month. That's so expensive. That's like what I pay for a year. Name made the point as well that Alan Smith played for Leicester. Yeah, he's ex ex Leicester player. Yeah, but to be fair, Alan Smith sounds like that when he's commenting on Arsenal. To be fair, so I think that's just his demeanour. To be fair, it's just his voice. For God's sake, he can't he can't help it. If if we don't have time for Martin Tyler and Sky commentary and stuff like that, what Lester apparently didn't have time for was playing defense between the minutes 33 and 37 because after a long VAR check that confirmed the second goal, like I'm writing notes and a split second later it's like oh shit we should be three nothing up like Gakpo what he ah just Uh, Gakpo should he should score he should score there did everything right did everything the, the build up was brilliant did everything right. He almost caught. He caught the ball too sweet. He yeah. hit it too mm. good. And uh, if he'd have shinned it either side of the keeper, he needed the uh, right or left. He needed the most scuff there, didn't he? Yeah, it did. It did need a scuff. 
But yeah, you, you definitely felt a, a third before halftime kills them completely. But a two nil, you get you get the first the first job for Liverpool was getting to halftime at nil. Yeah, you know, get to halftime, see where you are, and then assess the first five minutes of the second half, see what they what changes they've made, and then just go and manage the game. And you know, that's what, I just wanted to get to halftime and see what see what Leicester were going to do because they had to change something. They couldn't. They couldn't keep going the way they were going. They had they have to win, like, or uh, have to get back into the game. And the thing is, if they get the first goal and the crowd gets up, and uh, we start to panic a bit, anything can happen. Two 0 is a dodgy scoreline, you know. So we were we had to be alert and be on it as well. So, but for all the huff and puff, even in the second half, didn't he have two chances? Yeah, seven seven minutes in, Allison, great save off of great Harvey save. Barnes, cuts in, curls a shot. <laughs> It, it is, but even if it goes in, it's getting disallowed anyway because uh, Vardy's two yards offside. He plays oh, yeah, back to Vardy. So it's one of those of you because I'll go like, it's quite safe. It's, it's a bit of a weird when you go in, I'd rather let it in because then we just get a goal kick rather than have to defend the corner. But again, actually, two first was set piece defended again. Really good. Really yeah. good. I was standing yeah. tonight again. Yeah, yeah I was, I was going to give Martin Tyler and Jim Beglin uh, credit because they pointed it out. I, I'm, I'll, I'll, presume it was Jim Beglin that said it was that Liverpool looked very solid on set pieces and like you know we've had very good practice in terms of playing Brentford playing West Ham teams well, that are going to try to target us that like as like West Ham last year you know putting yeah. four or five guys around Allison on corners and stuff like that and we've yeah. been dealing with it so well I think a lot of it's coming from Virgil just drifting towards the back post a lot more when there's a yeah. free kick out coming from the right floating in and trying to target transposition seems like in the first part of the season that Virgil was like, no, I'm the left-sided center half. I stay on the left side. And now he's just going, I'm going to win the ball. And we won, I think, every header from a set piece. Yeah. Like, yeah. He was Interestingly, with our set pieces, uh, I think it's Andrew. I'll just keep on Andrew Beasley because he, he's a little stats fax man. Uh, we have the, we've conceded the joint fewest set piece goals. Yeah. So as bad as, and listen, we've gone through a spell where we were turgid defending set piece goals set pieces but we still actually defend it was them. that one spell that was it yeah we still actually defend them pretty well I, I don't know who I think City I think are also similar amount same amount of goals so we do that As, again like we, we have the joint most goals from set pieces it doesn't feel like that sometimes but it's when a perception you, you must have to think like other clubs must be absolutely turgid this sort of stuff if we're, okay. we're we 18 are. 18 now from set pieces yeah they yeah. Absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, not a ton of talking points before we get to the third goal, which uh, I think we should wax with lyrical about for at least a few minutes. But on 55 minutes, Ibu Kanate gets into a one-on-one -on -one battle with Jamie Vardy. And oh, it yeah. was honestly like a bouncer throwing a crackhead out of a bar. Do you know, like, Kev, do you remember the, the socks had to get on the weights? It was just, <laughs> he just yeah. bounced off it. Just like, <laughs> I don't know why Vardy tried because just like oh, you, you wouldn't bother, would you? Just like I mean, they they went long like they had a Mikhail Antonio or an Ivan Tony up front, but I mean, I think it was you kept that said like they kept trying to go long with it. We just won every single long ball. Like Jamie Vardy is not going to win those knockdowns. He's not that's that what, type that, of that, striker. But that's, that's what one people was just yeah. That's what they miss um, Ian Acho. He has got more of a physical presence about him. He's a bit cleverer with it, but again, that's the reason that system works is. Um, Karate's pace and just his pure physicality. I don't. I still don't think the system we've got works. If you missing one of Trent or Karate, I think West Ham we got away with it a little bit. But you can't play Matip in that position because he'll just get exposed. And that's probably the thing that you got to worry about a little bit is who do we bring in to be the Karate backup or to be the one to put pressure on Karate. I think that's the challenge we're gonna have. Yeah, and uh, Mick G because I can't pronounce his first name as I know from Quiz Night oh, says. The only we'll thing is, was it a foul on Henderson? Not for me. One of the few decisions that we got tonight. I mean, Kev, you uh, you mentioned it that we didn't really get anything except for this one. Henderson decides. Henderson gets the spirit of the giraffe in him and just goes on a big mazy dribble through the middle of the park. And Johnny Evans takes him down. I didn't really think it was a foul either. I mean, it's a I, bit of a rash challenge. But... I think it's. A, I think we've we've seen today that is a foul by yeah. the modern day because it's. It's not to do with that. He gets the ball. He does get the ball with his back foot, not the, not the foot he goes with. It's is he in control and is there intent there? Johnny Evans has got no fucking clue where that ball is. He's gone to clean Henderson out. The fact he clipped with his back foot was pure luck, and that's the type of tackle we're trying to 
rule out, which is you're out of control. You've got the ball by luck. You've got, the, but you've got plenty of the player. It's well, we've conceded fouls like that pretty regularly. So there's one thing. One thing about that though, there was a at the end of the first half, there was Jordan Henderson got the ball on the right wing, and he knocked it past Castagna. Uh, he ran past him, and he got the ball. And I'm sat there, I'm like, if you're Thomas Castagna, you must be seriously considering your life choices after that. He's not around for his... He's not around for his... James James Milner outpaced one of their sentiments at one point. I went, ah, this one, you know you've given up a little bit. Yeah. When Thomas Castagna is getting outrun by Jordan Henderson on the wing, it's like, yeah, you just got to... You got to seriously think about the summer and maybe a a career choice. And maybe maybe take a different different approach to it. But yeah, I... Look... I'd Chelsea. be fuming. I would have been fuming if Kanati went in for that challenge on yeah. James Madison, got the ball, and the ref gave a free kick. I thought Johnny Evans got enough of the ball to it wasn't a free kick. But hey, you take it. And from mm-hmm. what happened, I'm, I text you when there was a free kick. I text Chris. And I said, I hope you watched Gundogan yesterday. Just get it mm-hmm. over the ball, get it on target. It's you're good enough if Chelsea you do fight. that. That's you, Chelsea yeah. away. Chelsea away from a few years ago. That one, that goal. Yeah, you'll get if you get on target, you'll score. I didn't see the shift and the, the strike. Oh my god! It I don't know why we. Beautiful. I don't know why we. I don't know why we don't do that routine a bit more often. Just change oh, the angle, like because Trent clearly. We do look more comfortable hitting yeah. a moving ball because when he hits it, it stays know, hit. It stays hit. You Wait, know, I and... thought Robbo hit the moving ball better and Trent hit the dead ball better. Wasn't that the story that we were told? It is for call. I think for corners, yeah. But um, oh. interesting, that takes now, since Klopp's took over as manager, that now takes Mo to 72 assists uh, for Liverpool, uh, which is now the most under Klopp, overtaking Bobby with 71. Wow. So, again, you know, people keep underestimating Mo, you know. On the quiet, he's a big assist maker as well. He's, he was joint assist. He was a top assist maker for us last year, and he's probably going to be a top assist maker for us again this season. So, yeah. well, you yeah. is a great one there. If you want to read that one out, yeah, just seeing Salah needs one goal and one assist this Premier League season to be the first and only player in Premier League history to have twenty goals and ten assists in three seasons. So far, only him and Thierry Henry have done it twice. So. I've got him in my fantasy. I'm going to keep him in my fantasy because we're winning the next two games. I love that. That's got to be – I mean, check out the bookmakers.com. I think the odds are probably pretty good that Mo's going to get a goal and an assist in the next two games. Hmm. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a free kick routine that we've we've done in the past where Mo yeah. would shift the ball, and it's just to get it away from the wall. It's just to try to take the angle away from the, the wall a, a foot. That's all it is. And it gives – yeah, Emmett made the point there that it was Klopp's idea to go back to it. And when you see it working out, it, it's, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. It was such a clean strike. And he, do, he does everything right. It was brilliant. But that used to, but to be honest, year, for years, that's what, that used to be a Gerard free kick. Tap it to the side and just let Stephen Good point. Go, yeah. go wild. So we've got somebody else on the side who is comfortable hitting it from distance. So you do wonder sometimes, I don't know why we haven't tried this more often, when you've got somebody who can hit the ball that clean. I mean, Eunice has got the great memory for earlier in the season. He says, to be yeah. fair, didn't we try that routine against Palace and Hendo was in the way? I believe that is correct. It was, yeah. That was, that was when we go for that routine. He's going like, we were like, fucking nothing's working away from over here. Should we yeah. pack up and go home? Yeah. Uh, Ashley L, this might be my favorite comment of the night so far. Mo will know that that record is there to be smashed, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, 100%. Yeah. There's nobody. I don't know if there's anybody I've ever seen in sport that understands where they stand in the record books quite like Mo Salah does. Mo, Mo Salah also has that Luis Suarez thing of he's so pissed off when he's coming off. 3 0 up. Yeah. There's literally three minutes yeah. to go. He's still like, but I've not scored. This is shit. <coughs> Why are you taking me off? And I quite oh like that. God. I like the fact he's got like, yeah. I like the fact he's just never satisfied with what with what he's got. But That's what keeps him hungry. We could chat about that. He was in one on one with the keeper. Oh, it's, it's a shite finish. I text you saying sell him. It was it was, as, it was as bad as his penalty. It was oh. as bad as his penalty he missed. Yeah. It was just Oh yeah. you know I mean? all, all he had to do. He didn't even. 
he could have hit it and it was a clean strike and he was in. No bother. But it started wide and it just went wider. It was like watching Steve Harmison bowl in the opening bowl of the ashes. It just oh, it started just, wide. It just kept just kept going. <laughs> it, it just started wide and it just went wider. So they showed the angle from behind you went. Oh, oh no! Oh wow! That's like that's a that's a proper shank, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but well, three was, you don't care. <laughs> it was good that he was in the position to miss it, and that's the one thing that even at three 0 you know that he's hungry for goals. Yeah. So he's not going to stop trying. He's not going. He's not going to stop until he gets to twenty again this season. No, hundred percent. He's going to do everything he can to get in the score sheet in the next two games. Anthony yeah. wants to know what I'm drinking. I'm on water. I'm, be, I'm behaving. I've got a, I've got a Saturday, a Saturday with Kev. So God help me. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, uh, going going through the uh, endpoints of the game, we start making a few substitutions. We get to see the lesser spotted Fabio Carvalho comes on for uh, the goal scorer <laughs> Curtis Jones. <laughs> oh, oh, that's mean, Brian O'Halloran. That's so shouted everything. <laughs> that's why he missed. That's, that's not very. That's not very nice. Oh, can, um, we talk about, can we talk about this first, though? Have you seen the video of? Yeah, to, uh, Torres and Arbeloa. What's Arbeloa thinking? Torres looks like he's lived in a gym for about three, three yeah, years. Yeah, he's, he's really massive. Uh, he's really taken to the juice. It looks like. Ooh. Yeah, apparently Torres says to him, "I'll pop your head." Yeah. So, but the funniest thing was he was getting stick off the Real Madrid fans, and you could see one of them all shouting whatever they're shouting at him. To, and he just, he just turned around and goes. I'm coming to sit in the stands now with you, you idiots. <laughs> Those have gone quiet because I'm like, oh shit. Because it's only another tw- it's only a kid's game, so he's about to sit in the stand. But imagine you're the one who sat shouting abuse. You got Torres next to you, like, oh shit. But well, he was. He's a coach. Is he uh, Atletico Madrid? Isn't he? Is he under under twenty three's coach or their yeah. equivalent of? It's like yeah, the yeah. Like the B side, and then Arbeloa's did it for Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah. So it was a bit of Jim Jim and Carragher tried to kill Arbeloa against West Brom. It was a bit, it was a bit like that. He backed off very quickly. Yeah. It's just... Anyway, sorry, Matt. Sorry, I was hijacking. No, that's sports. okay. I just uh, run through this here. We're getting pretty close to the end of uh, uh, another fun episode after a Liverpool victory. I mean, uh, I want to give a big shout out. I thought Allison was tremendous today. I thought his sweeping the back was a plus. Top tier. Yeah. Top There's not even a question. Like. I don't watch every other keeper as much as I watch Allison. I never, I've never missed him play for Liverpool ever. I've never missed a game for him. There can't be an argument. He's the best in the world. He's the best in the league, easily. And I think the only one who can come and knock on his door is Thibaut Courtois. Other than that, I think those two are head and shoulders above everyone else in the game. And the fact that he's only two behind. Alan, uh... The hair for clean sheets this season, yeah. which when you think the season we've had is fucking ridiculous. Uh, the best, the best he can do is draw him. So hopefully that's the case. You know, hopefully we pick up two more clean sheets and De Gea gives up goals like a mad son of a bitch in the next yeah. three games for United. Uh, there isn't a keeper in the world that I'd swap him with, and I feel sorry for Cleveland Kelleher. Yeah, but at, at the same time, I would do my level best to keep Cleveland mm. and offer him every single cup game next season. If we're in the Europa League, I'd offer him the Europa League, the League Cup, the FA Cup, and say, look, I'd rather give him that than take a paltry 20 million because he's worth more than that. What if he's in a deal for McAllister? No, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather pay the extra and keep Keller because... All right, what if I give you... you what if I give you... Name me a better number two. No, McAllister and uh, Casado. No, the thing well, is, but Keller going the other way. If, I know what you mean because you for no money. Yeah, I take no, that. No, no, you know I mean? money, 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 and Keller will put him in as part of the deal. It's a sweet but the thing, thing is, if if you're selling Kelleher, you're never going to find a better number two. I don't think you're never going to find a better number two. When you look at the number twos who are out there in the league at the minute, your man at West Ham is season. Uh, his name escapes me, but uh, he's playing Ariola. Ariola. Yeah, Ariola. Yeah. yeah, he's playing. He's playing in the. He's playing in the Europa League, and he's their number two. He's pants, though, really. Other than that, there isn't many. Do you know what I would actually do? And for the sake of a year, I would try and do it. I'd go If you're going to sell Kelleher, go and get Keller Navas. Go and get, get mm. Keller Navas off Nottingham Forest for a year. Stylistically, and, he'd also suit it stylistically because he's comfortable with the ball his feet. Address the goalkeeping situation next year because I, we've got so much to do this summer. 
You can't do it all. But I would offer Kelleher every cup game and stay for this year and then we'll see what happens next year. I'd rather do that than take a poxy 20 million for it. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, I'm going to cut you short here because this is one of the topics I want to save for Thursday because I think the market for goalkeepers in the Premier League is ripe. And I think I, I think it's madness to sell Cleveland Kelleher for anything less than 35 million pounds. That's what I, I think said. he's worth it. Like I got, ball, I, got, I got ripped to shreds for that. Yeah. 40 million euro is 34 point something million pounds. Yeah. He's a 40 million. That's, he's that's a 40 million euro keeper when you look at what Chelsea were stupid enough to pay for Kepa. Wow. I mean, that's a, that's a release clause but issue. There's the yardstick. Not my yeah. problem. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. So, um, man of the match, Chris, who do you like, man of the match? Trent. Trent. As good as Curtis Jones was, and he had a really good game. I just think everything goes through Trent. Uh, probably a, a nice shout, uh, but a nice sort of honourable mention to it. I thought Fabinho had a good game, and I also thought uh, Karate was a just a beast. It's just nothing gets past him. That was like Pete Karate. That was that. It was really good. Yeah, very good. Kev, how about you? Um, I would. Do you know what? And I would as well. I'd give it to Fabinho. I thought he was brilliant. I, lo- I love Curtis' performance. I thought he was really good at what he did. He, sh- he had second most shots in the game. He had two goals. He was brilliant. You'd have to give him man of the match just on the strength of that. But I thought Fabinho was brilliant. He was back to his best. He was picking 30-yard floaty pass, just lobbing passes in behind. He was breaking up the play. His little snide tackles that he wasn't getting booked for. It was his link up play. He's taking the ball from the back. Everything about it today was prime for Bino. He was brilliant. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Chris Golding, uh, of Colin Show fame, says his man of the match was the away fans. That dovetails in nicely with what Emmett said yeah. here. Not sure if you lads saw, but Bobby was there and the players dragged him down to the fans. It's going to be emotional on Saturday. I yeah, mean, the Bobby song went off for 15 minutes. minutes, 15 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, you can see, and they kept going back to kept going back to to uh, Bobby, and you can just see like yeah, that's what you want to see. Yeah, I've seen the video where literally the whole team were pushing him to the away end, and you know, I'm lucky that me and Kev are going the game on Saturday. I hope he gets on the pitch. Um, that is a legend that's going to be leaving. You know, it gets yeah. thrown around a lot that, but you know, Bobby was the first part of the new Klopp team. You know, when he was. Misused under Rogers, playing him fucking wing back and every position other than the one he should have been playing. And once Klopp got hold of him, he just told him. Also, I told Bobby, just be yourself, be Brazilian Bobby. And he had he has all the tricks, all the flicks that you expect from Brazilian, but his end product, it's not like a YouTube highlight. And he is going to be very, very hard to replace. I think we've got a good understanding Gakpo, but you know. You can't help but fall in love with Bobby Firmino. Uh, I'm gutted. Look, I'm gutted he's going, but I think it's the right time for him to go. But it's still sad because you know that's another one of that first top team. Now you're going, they're slowly starting to go away, which is look, it's part of football. But you know, because and also he's got a boss song as well, which also helps. And yeah. I miss his goals. His goal celebrations are oh, brilliant. Him and Manny used to have a copy off of each other. It was hilarious. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The, the kung fu kick. The kung fu kick, which Manny still claims Bobby nicked off him. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's no. McLynch says uh, his song will be saying forever. What a belter! We're gonna miss Bobby. And I think like uh, basically the whole cast and crew of the Day Trippers, minus myself, are going over for the final game against Villa. So it, I think it's just gonna be me doing full time Reds after the Villa game. So please, everybody in the chat, I'm gonna need all your help. But. It really feels like there's a lot of pent up love in the fan base for that original. So, and to be fair, same for Millie because it'd be Millie's last. Um, yeah, but I think well I think there's a reserve of it carried over from last year because we never got to say goodbye to Sadio Mane, and he's the first one really. Like Ginny Wijnaldum left, but you know he got his kind of send off, but it was COVID, Arig- so it's a little bit different. But Arigi Sadio, got a bit was, Sadio Lallana, left. Yeah, Lallana never got one either. Did he? They never no, really got to give Lallana a send-off. Lallana wasn't part of that team. He wasn't part of that team. Yeah. No, I know you mean. But yeah, yeah, the Genie one was... At least Genie got something. Origi got something. Again, Origi missed his last game because of injury, sadly. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, well, look, as Anthony Gray says, how about the Origi song? Let's sing that one, uh, too, when AC Milan beat City last minute in the final of the Champions League. I mean, in terms of dream scenarios, us beating United to the top four on goal difference, Everton going down, losing to Bournemouth final day of the year at Goodison, and <laughs> Divock Origi scoring a... Uh, <laughs> Matt's doing full-time reds and Sunday night one at the back that's right hey there was one point during the game where we were legitimately playing 1-3-3-3 where Virgil was playing like sweeper keeper I don't think we had Virgil back I think we just left Allison there I think Allison played no it was definitely it was Virgil Eva was pushed up wide on the right Trent and Fabinho were beside him in the midfield and then there was two other banks of three it was the strangest thing in the entire world the funniest yeah. thing was um, I think Canarsie gives Trent a hospital pass basically Trent has to run himself into the corner at right back thinking oh he lays it off and clears everyone else it was Allison ran from the goal yeah so it's it in the byline give it to me and I was thinking what do you think we think like fuck me we would have tried that a few weeks ago <laughs> Allison had kicked it in yeah. <laughs> just the way the look was going so yeah it's I mean hey everything about this team uh I I think my man of the match just to go circle back to it I'm gonna agree with Chris I think it's Trent I think everything about this system runs through Trent. I think he's the most important player in our team. And when he's given the freedom to play like this, our team is purring at the moment. And I absolutely, absolutely love it. I love that almost as much as if everybody would be able to throw a little like on this video if you're watching. If you're listening afterwards on a podcast download, give us a five-star review. Share it amongst your friends. Again, all this stuff is free. We're just a bunch of regular people from kind of all over. We got... Irish guys, we got English guys, we got Canadians. You listen on the Thursday night show, we got Americans coming in on there. Like, it's a wide range of opinions. It's just a bunch of Liverpool fans getting together, and it's all for free. None of it's behind a paywall or anything like that. So let your other Liverpool supporting friends know about it. Get involved with the chat. That's the biggest piece of advice I can give to anybody. The, the shows are great on their own, but they, they go up a totally different level when you watch live on YouTube. You can get involved with the chat because this is the best chat community in terms of sports. That's right. uh, that's right. All three. All three of us came from the chat. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I used to just straight up listen on downloads for years. And then after getting involved in the chat within about six months, I'm getting the call to be on shows and doing that. So it, absolutely fantastic. But even more than hitting the like button, hitting the notification bell, or just texting Gav individually and asking if there's a show every single night of the week, what we really want from everybody is to check out our charity partner, which is the 12 women running the Dublin Marathon, raising money for breast cancer awareness. The GoFundMe link is down in the show description. If you check out any of the LFC Day Trippers social media accounts, it'll be pinned right to the very top of the accounts. You can't miss it. Everybody knows that times are tough. Cancer doesn't even care about that. Even if the cost of living is uh, going crazy and groceries are ridiculously expensive in housing, cancer is still a son of a bitch and affecting far too many people. So donate if you can. If you can't donate, share that along. Even if you can't share the show, share the fundraising link because you never know who's going to be able to just add on to that. So we got the golf day for the LFC day trippers coming up real quick. The women are out there training every day, getting ready to run a marathon, which is absolutely mental in my opinion. We're going to try to get them to that fundraising target. That is absolutely the biggest thing going for it. So we're happy we to do these shows. If, we exceed, if we exceed the target, we'll get Kev to run it as well. No, you won't. <laughs> There is limits to this. Yes, yes. This. Generosity only goes so far. So uh, before we get out of here, Chris, anything else from you? No, don't think so. Um, there's loads of shows this week. I'm in the process of trying to organize another women's show. Uh, I haven't... I, I'm, Safe I haven't and secure, right? Staying up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Beat City. First time I've beat City in five years. And as Kev knows, I was extremely hungover watching the most stressful game of football where the referees decided nine minutes out of time was not so she's played nearly 12 which i'll be honest nearly sent me over the edge i was very <laughs> very close to just watching my head pop so yeah no safe com comfortably safe um definitely probably going to finish at no lower than eighth you know so look first season back in the wsl kind of what you want beating city beating chelsea all good, really. So they can just enjoy the last two games. Just hopefully, Man United don't win the win the, the first ever title at Liverpool. That'd be really, really depressing. But hopefully, that doesn't happen. That would be a bummer. And uh, what about you, Kev? Anything before we jet out of here? Yeah, just uh, Kieran B's comment there. You don't have to put it up on the screen, but Kieran, uh, all the very best to your brother, mate. It's um, it's one of those ones that it does have a really good success rate. 
I mm. hope the operation for your brother goes really well. And all of our best wishes goes to him and all of your family at the minute, man. Let us know how it goes, but all the best to him. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's uh, it's a bit of a downer because I have one final thing that I want to share, which is that it is the official start of Canadian summer. Oh, how do I get this straight? The Toronto Maple Leafs have lost again. Losers even after 56 years. There's nothing I hate more in the entire sporting world than my hockey rivals, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they have lost again. It is the official start of Canadian summer, and that is absolutely fantastic. It is all is right in the world because I can't even tell you guys how awful it would be to live in Canada if the if the Toronto Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup. Oh, it'd be glorious, mate. Best, it would best be the ever. worst thing in the world. It would oh, be like United I'll, Ever. It would be like Everton winning the Champions League. It I'll would be the it. worst. I'll get me Maple Leaf shirt for you. You're disgusting. I never want to do a show with you ever again. That's disgusting. The Leafs are the absolute worst. They're a team of losers and organizational losers, and they deserve all the losses that they get. But Kev, this show's it's taking up. It's taking a while. This show, this show's this show's brilliant. That's right. All right, we're gonna get out of here. Thanks everybody for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. Thanks for listening to the LC Day Trippers. We'll see you on the next Full Time Reds. Adios. Oh, that's me, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah, that's oh, you. I forgot. No, I'm, I'm we'll try that again. We'll try it again. Sorry, that's me. All right. Like Bye. Bye. Leafs fans. Weird. I know. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.